So, Daniel, thank you for letting me interview you about this harrowing story you're about to tell. I'm, I'm only here to tell it. Not much else. Don't mind me, Whiskey. Ah, oh, yes. Uh, uh, if you can slurp and, and snorf into the, directly into the microphone, I'd really appreciate that. Okay. Uh, tell us your story, uh, however harrowing or, or intoxicated it may be. So there I was. A so-called friend made me watch another movie. <laughs> and I almost gouged my eyes out because <laughs> the movie had nothing interesting to say <gasps> besides the fact that it was two cute animals on a journey coming of age almost and i asked him is this an indie film and he said yes i'm like how wait let me dab my mouth very quickly and and play with my ponytail oh, oh yes anyway oh. these two animals oh, yes they were surviving life after the apocalypse and I had to turn the film off what, were you watching Ren and Stimpy what the hell are you talking about <laughs> hey everybody welcome to the Indie Film Review I'm Jared that's Dan and I'm Dan <laughs> no Dan do it normal time the scene is over. Sometimes Dan doesn't know when the scene begins and when it ends. <laughs> You're right. That's, he's such an amazing actor. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, we re-review They call me Marlon here. Dando. <laughs> oh, my God. I refuse to laugh at that. Oh, I'm trying to hold it in so much. I don't want to laugh at that. It's offensive. Oh, he, look uh, at him. Look how happy he is. Oh, my happy little boy. Um, uh, so, yeah. The horror. <laughs> Uh, so we watched, we watched Cam. Cam. Which, what is it, what does it stand for again? Oh, I don't even remember. <laughs> Here, I'm going to read the cover art. Contagious was, Aggressive Mutations. Muta yeah, Contagious Aggressive Mutations. Wonderful. Because when you, when you see Cam, you think it has something to do with cameras. And not a contagious aggressive mutate. But anyways, which, okay, I, I mean, to be, to be, to be fair... There's a lot that has to do with cameras because especially it, it, it's a found that footage film. True. It's a found that footage film. And the word cam is on every frame of this film, basically. Anytime that we have you're the found right, footage. Right. So I think it's a clever title, honestly. This was sent to us once again by Jamie Langlands. He is an actor, an actor in this film. An actor, thank you. He plays Chris, one of the... Um, Chris Redfield? Basically. Holy shit, Resident Evil, holy shit. Basically. Defeat Umbrella? Yeah. Yo. No, he, so he is one of the intrepid young police officers that lead the camera crew on their Hell excursion. Yeah. So um, uh, before we get into what this film is about, I want to say that this film, Cam, and the film that dropped two weeks ago... Um, As a Prelude to Fear, yeah. Were both directed by... Steph Molinier. Thank you. So... Yeah, Steph Dulemia. Sorry. I believe I said that correctly. Thank you, Steph, for yeah. your films. And thank you, Jamie, for letting us know yeah. about them. Well, so, we don't know if Steph actually consented to us having well, a review, but... It doesn't matter. You know, Jamie's like, I'm we, going for it. We thank it. him for making <laughs> the films and putting himself out there because, you know, criticism is tough. 
you know, we're, and we're pieces of shit. That's all I'm trying to say. Yes. Uh, so you know what I will say right off the top? This is their first film. And then... Really? As a Prelude to Fear is the second film. Yes. Interesting. Yeah. So you can actually see, like... So in, in this movie, I'll say... Because, like, I'm going to ask you about how you felt about the directing, the camera work, and everything. In this film, that stuff is worse... So, but it's also on purpose because of, it is a found footage film. Yes. But then I actually think uh, a lot of the other aspects of the film is, are, is better. Yes. Um, and more enjoyable. I found this film to be much more enjoyable than the other one. Anyways, my question to you, Dan. Hold on. I have to explain what this film is about. Oh, fuck my ass with turpentine. <laughs> Go ahead, Dan. What is this film? Um, so this film is about a camera crew is hired to document this um, happening at a meat processing plant. And yes. the happening is basically these these uh, insects have infected the meat and they turn people into these ravaging lunatics, kind of yeah. like zombies almost. And um, along the way, we find out... That it's not the insects. What? No. Anyway, so we, we we learn a lot of narrative through this found footage. It's purported that these these reels of film were shot in 2013, but were found later. So it's one of those kind of films. But yeah. um, I don't know. It was pretty competent as a found footage film. Because you could really fuck those up. I've seen some mm -hmm. bad found footage films. Yeah. Okay, question to you, Dan. How did you feel about the narrative devices that this film uses? I.e. Ergo, the interviewer. Okay. And also the title cards. Title cards, I liked. And also the found footage. Found footage, wonderful. The okay. only thing <laughs> that I have to critique about this film, hardcore, is the... Okay, let me say this. Let me preface this. You get a lot of this. So the the film is is centered around this interviewer that is interviewing one of the medical examiners of this incident that happened mm -hmm. years ago, and um, the interview is the interviewer is this is a strange. Okay, I will say this. This is a very strange directorial choice. But the interviewer has already completed this interview and he's saying that he's going to revisit this interview because mm -hmm. we're in this post-apocalyptic era. But what's happening during this revisitation is you get these cool shots. I'm not going to lie. They are cool shots of superimposition of the interview tape whirring and then the yeah. interviewer like listening to it. But this happens so many times throughout the movie yeah. that I'm like, can we get a different superimposition? Do we have to watch the, the interviewer cry about his tape? Like, I don't... It's very strange. I have to say that as much as I like this film, that is the only thing I didn't like about this film is just... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give it a caveat. The interview itself, probably my favorite part of the movie. Okay. Wonderful. Like, the medical examiner, my favorite acting in the film. Like, he mm. was really good. And you never mm -hmm. even see him. He's just a disembodied voice. But the fact that every time I listen to him, it's over top of the interviewer just post-interview 
re-listening and just wiping his brow or crying into something. Like I'm like, what? Yeah, it's like, what, what is happening? It's like playing with his ponytail, like I said earlier. Or and then there's this whole thing about the the reporter is interviewing this guy and he's supposed to be drunk. But there's so many times where he's like coughing and belt like belching and blurping, and I'm just like, I don't want to hear any. Of the I don't sounds. care about that. I don't care about that. That added to the guy's character for me. I guess so. Okay, I just there's so many narrative devices on top of narrative devices that just don't need to be there. So you have the. I disagree. Well, <laughs> we're gonna get into it. So we have the reporter. He's interviewing the man, but also. We're in the future of that because he is listening to himself interview the man, but also... In an abandoned warehouse? Yeah. Yes. In an abandoned <laughs> warehouse. Also, we're also further into the future because we're watching footage of a documentary about this man <laughs> interviewing a that. man listening oh to his God. own audio who is also <laughs> watching a film of found footage of what happened that day. That is super impo- like super oh caught into the film. So it's like all these fucking layers. Camception. We don't need any Camception, of it. Camception, bro. Just have, we found this footage. Like, just have like, I'm a reporter. Well, okay. I found this footage. I'm reviewing it. And have him live for the first time be reviewing the footage. And he's learning things as we're learning them. That would have and been And maybe have better. like two people, like him and another person, and they're trying to like, what the fuck is this? We got to figure this out. And like, have a side story of them Ooh, investigating Ooh, yeah, like a dialogue. As, yes, please. So like, I I don't know. I don't know what was going on with You that. don't make because films. When, I get it. You're right. I'm a fucking <laughs> idiot. But once we're into the found footage, it's great. There's a lot of really good stuff in here, like with Kyle and Joe. Oh, well, that's my question to you, Dan, is um, did, did, the, did the found footage... Uh, was this done in a good way or in a bad way to you? And like, do you have any critiques Very good. on how the Very found good. footage The found was. footage works yeah. so well. The only time it doesn't work, I mean, I guess it's okay. But there's this scene where the police chief is debriefing his whole crew. And they're in a tight, tight, tight close-up. Mm-hmm. The documentarians of the police chief giving his debriefing. Now... Because they're in such a tight close-up and they're not using a tripod because they didn't bring one, I guess. Even though mm-hmm. one of the camera people has a shit ton. The Kyle. jittering. Kyle. We're talking about jittering. Yeah, so, so jittering is okay whenever it is, you know, you're not zoomed in all the way. It's just your typical, your typical zoom. But if you're zoomed in all the way, you see so... Like, the jittering is amplified. So, yeah. they impressively... They impressively kept it pretty centered on this dude. I would not have been able to do that because whenever you're in, whenever you zoom in and you try to keep the camera steady, it's fucking impossible unless you have a tripod. So I commend them for being able to do this, but it's still super noticeable. So mm-hmm. with all the equipment that Kyle actually brought, because the joke is Kyle brought a bunch and then Joe only brought one camera. Yeah, that was kind of fun. I like. Yeah, that. I did like that. So. With all the equipment, Kyle doesn't have a tripod for all the close-ups. I don't know. Um, but that's just a nitpick. Outside of that, the found footage, fantastic. I love found cool. footage films. Um, they're kind of a guilty pleasure of mine. Yeah. Uh, so, like, I wouldn't go as far to say as they're a guilty pleasure of mine, but I, I enjoy them when they're done right. Um, I think this film gets very close to what my standards would be for a found footage. And 
caveat would be there are certain scenes that were making me feel ill uh, just because of how much the camera was going all over. <laughs> that was my second note. Jared's not going to like the shaky cam. <laughs> yeah, it's shaky cam gives me a real issue. And we've had this argument before with other films we've watched where you can do a found footage, you can do a documentary style and have the camera be relatively centered on subjects Well, okay, without so, the camera just wildly going out of yes. control. Even when you're walking. I mean, this is there are there's rigs that you can have now, that will stabilize you. There's so many things that you can do. To combine to combine the Don't zoom in either, too, because like you're saying the zoom in makes the jitter worse. That jitter yeah. was really rough for me. To, I, to, I couldn't handle it. To combine the what we're currently critiquing versus what we critiqued before about the interviewer, here's a rhetorical question, and Jared, um, I don't know, answer it if you want to. But okay. what if you put like some of the interview over top B roll of the police team or over top some yeah. of some of the B roll of the found footage that's not the like? There's so many options that you could mm. have um, shown different. Th- but then again, it, I guess it wouldn't have made sense for the found footage aspect. Now that I'm thinking about it, mm, mm-hmm. hmm. never yeah, mind. It would have been interesting if, if it, like the reporter was almost like a documentarian and he had found the footage and he was explaining what's going on, like an unsolved mysteries it. guy. Yeah, <laughs> that would have been cool. It, yeah. That's another interesting angle. Um, how did you feel about when it would say the audio is broken or distorted, and then the audio would kind of like time out and there'd be like subtitles, like it would talk like this. Was, okay, here's the deal. I was totally okay with that until I heard Uh the screaming because the screaming is not distorted at all. And that would also be distorted. Yeah. Um, There were, there were times where, so it's like you're using this one camera, camera a we'll say. And for some reason, when you're filming, it's everything audio visuals go to complete garbage. And then other times it's totally fine. Like what's wrong with this camera? How does it fix itself and break itself back and forth like that? The, the trauma that goes through the camera, because I think some of the camera that um, we see is the one that is mounted to the police officer's heads. And there's two cameras mounted to the police officer's head. Well, actually, when it's when it's the head cams is when the, the film looks the best. Well, I yeah, but wish... that's also when you get the distorted camera. Well, it's, I think know, it... there, there were a couple that were. The yeah, I thought it happened with all the other cameras, too. Right. Um, but yeah, I really like the head cam stuff. I thought it looked really good. Um, I kind of wish the whole film was just that. And we, we, we saw it through the, uh, the eyes of the police, the police officers. And so like, I mean, it sucks. Cause like, I liked Joe and Kyle as the camera people. And I, I, I like their dynamic. So there's two different aspects that you could have went two avenues, I guess, in my opinion, um, have Joe and Kyle show more of, uh, like even more of a rapport with them, have them like, Really have a relationship. Not, and I'm not saying like a phys- physical or sexual relationship. I mean like a dynamic, right? Like maybe they uh, were rivals. And maybe one of them got really, really high up in the ranks of being a reporter. Uh, and then they fell. And then now they're kind of like... Falling, like I've, just have more going on with them. I will... Okay. Have another side story that gives the dynamic of these two characters. What are you saying? I like their dynamic as it is. I think Already? it's totally okay. fine because they're playful. That you can tell they've worked together before. They're they're joshing with each other. They are mm-hmm. they are a team. 
And that's... I just wanted to care about them more, I guess. I, I feel like it doesn't well, really establish a lot about... Here, here's the deal. Found footage films are a guilty pleasure of mine. Very rarely yeah. do you ever get to feel anything There's no character the development? <laughs> Damn, dude. Like the, yeah, the, no only, the only found footage film that I can think of that does that is Creep. But everything else yeah. is... Like Cloverfield is, is not... Well, Cloverfield kind of gives some character development, but that gets thrown out of the, the window very quickly. Um, uh-huh. But, you know, Troll Hunter, Blair Witch, like... Yeah. You get to know the characters through their dialogue, and I thought this film did that very well. Mm. Okay, so the, my other angle would be more focused, too, on, like, the the group dynamic of these police officers. And I love, like I said, I love these head cams, so I loved, like, following them around when they were doing that. I kind of liked it when the the police, the cops, would make fun of the... The, the camera the guy, camera Kyle, yes. for being a little baby. Yes, <laughs> yeah, 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 I loved yeah. it. <laughs> that was good. No, every, every part of the found footage that we see is golden. Like, yeah. I, 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 okay, I'll say it. This film is probably one of the better found footage things, like, in terms of story-wise. Really? Yeah. I, I like I like this story better than Blair Witch. Like, whoa, dude. I mean, I, that's a big like, words. I, I, they are, but like, I'm talking about like the whole narrative that surrounds these people. Like I like the dynamic between Joe and Kyle. I like the uh, dynamic between the police crew and the camera crew. I like the yeah. twist at the end. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. So we're going to get into spoilers for cam. Uh, go watch it. If you want to watch it. We're going to talk about it right now. This is the space for where you can stop listening because we're going to spoil. Okay. Anyways, you said you like the twist, Dan. I do. Why don't you tell us a little bit about what happens in this film? This film, at the very beginning, is even before it says this is a found footage film, it says this film was filmed so so long ago and has nothing to do with the COVID. (laughs) The yes. COVID outbreak of 2020. The COVID. The COVID. Uh, there was a huge disclaimer at the beginning, and I'm like, do we really need this? And the film actually did really yes, need this. It does. It really needed it. So uh the vaccine yeah. that is okay, so what what you're getting basically is the 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 story is the insect is has infected the meat and the meat meat processing plant, and the people in the town who eat the meat they become these savages. So, yeah, um, Z- zombos, zombos. Rage zombos. But the the government develops a v- vaccine to get rid of it. But the twist is the actual mutation is in the vaccine. So, all, yeah. like, they fake it and they get people to get the vaccine against their better judgment, I guess. But then the vaccine again has the the mutation in it, and they all become these crazy. Well. People. I, so the government in the UK is experimenting with a population control method. Which, yeah, they bring eugenics into this shit. Yeah, <laughs> it's <laughs> fucked up. It's so, so fucked up. And it's it's interesting. I like this plot. And then it's like, government's not, okay. evil. Not only, They're doing this. Not only, Go ahead. I, I like that you brought that up, but it's not just they're introducing population control. But this is a direct quote from the the guy who, like, the police chief. He said, mm-hmm. population control has to happen. Mm-hmm. That is, that's how I know it's eugenics. It's like, oh my God, this yeah. is really fucked up. Because then who decides who dies and who lives, yes. right? So this, yeah, it's absolutely, so this film up. needs the, the it's disclaimer. so fucked up. 
Yeah, and then the survivor, the only survivor, gets injected, and then she's like, all right, we're done with her. <laughs> like, she's going to die soon. Oh, man. Um, so, yeah, it was a fun twist. Uh, I want to give uh, a shout-out to whoever played the medical worker. Oh, Remember that guy? Remember into that room? Yeah, and, and the medical worker, like, comes out, and he's all acting all weird. That guy was acting his fucking balls off. I feel like that guy did such a good job. But then my, my question to him is, why would he inject himself with the virus if he, like... He, he didn't he, know. He didn't know at first. Okay, I guess that makes sense. But, like, he's like, I injected myself just to experiment, but I don't know. Is that what he said? It, it, I, it I, felt like that. I thought that he was afraid of catching it, so then oh, he had injected himself, and then he realized I, I was in my suit. There's no way I could have been contaminated. The only thing I can think of is that it was in the uh, vaccine that I took. That makes sense. And now you can start to extrapolate with all of your experience with COVID and everything how this would be – this would get certain groups of people very horny that are anti-vax. And I don't think that was the director's (laughs) intent or the writer's intent. Those people Um, will have to sit down. Call this back. is like, yeah, seriously. Yeah. Tent. The tent is up. We're ready for camping. Um, oh yeah. 4chan is getting really fucking hard right now. They're just really excited for this film. So well, see, I was that's able to what, look past that pretty fast. Me too. Though. I was like, ah, whatever. Me too. But that's kind of what I like about film. It's like film takes on different contexts in different times. Yeah. Like if if you had shown this film, you know, during during the time of outbreak, it wouldn't have been nobody would have batted an eye at it. But yeah. now this yeah. director feels like they need to give a disclaimer about COVID. And they do because and there are do. some reviews that are like this is fucking COVID anti-propaganda oh blah 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 blah. Just fucking oh my god, guys. Watch a off. movie. So no, there's, there's there's two things that I really liked about this film. First was a very creative use of CGI. I always like it whenever found footage films manage to use CGI in a very good way. Um, mm-hmm. What the CGI did in this film was they they blurred out the CGI to make it look like it it was not necessarily real. Well, I mean, it was more real. Like, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So there's this scene where, like, all the uh, Zombos are attacking... <laughs> This film to me parallels uh, Shaun of the Dead because they end up in a pub. And yeah, zombies yeah, are attacking. yeah, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, that's so, so true. So they're in the pub, and then like they come to the window and they break through the window, and then all of the zombos are blurry. But then you see like some of the the heads, like the police are firing on them with their machine guns, and some of the heads just like fucking explode. I'm like, oh my yeah, god, yeah, that was yeah, insane. Yeah. So yeah, it was it was good effects. I good liked use it. of CGI. There was another scene. That I couldn't tell if it was CGI or not, but mm-hmm. it's a great film, a great scene of, um, it's an intimate moment between Kyle and Joe, and they're talking to each other, and Joe, I don't even know who would have been filming this, because Kyle is filming Joe, and then the camera zooms into Kyle's lens, and we see the reflection of Joe. Oh, yeah, that was really cool, but I don't know how that works. Yeah, that was an awesome scene, but who was holding that camera? Yeah, that was a cool shot. Probably one of the better shots in the the movie. So it's interesting because there were some fun 
like very carefully orchestrated shots in a in this found footage film. Like Which when they were in the pub, you don't really see a lot. And the camera was moving around, and then the camera settles down, like on a tripod or yeah. something. And then Kyle goes up to Joe, he's like, "Hey, are you okay?" And they're talking to the window, and the jump scare happens. That was like really well done. It was like one seamless little thing. Yeah. Um, what I will say that I don't like, because we're talking about like the blurriness and some of this other stuff, is one of the characters' faces was blurred to protect them or whatever. Okay. First of all, when you they did it to make it seem like it was more of a real documentary. Yes. Thing. But then if the world is ending, then is who is even seeing this? Because at the end, it's kind of revealed that like the whole world has gone to shit. Everyone's dying. So who is even watching this docu, like this found footage documentary mm. to have their name and face protected? Like, does it even matter? I don't, I don't know. I, I would have liked it more if we could see that guy. It would less work for the special effects person to blur the face because I want to... I want to connect with this person more and I can't do it when they have no face. You know what I mean? It, it, it just, it detracts from me caring about the characters more. Yeah. And then in, in, in service of like a kind of a gimmick really, which I'm, I mean, I love gimmicks. Don't get me wrong. I'm all for them. I just don't think it worked in this. Like I, it was more detrimental to the film than, uh, than not. Well, how do you feel about this? Daniel? I mean, everything that you said makes more sense now that you've said it the way you've said it. The fact Hell that yeah. nobody is watching this, why are we blurring yeah. his face out? That makes no sense. idea. I, I don't know. It added to that guy's character. Like, I definitely don't want to be shown right now. Like, mm. don't, don't, like, it, it, the, the blurring tells you more about him than not blurring, I guess is the best way to describe it. Jared, I want to wrap up with, um, praising one of my favorite scenes in this film okay the sequence where the police battalion enters the meat processing plant for the first time and goes through it and they first hear that yeah. scream that was yeah. so creepy like i had to turn my light on i was watching in the dark. Uh, that okay <laughs> them going through the meat processing plant and nothing fucking happens is the most suspenseful it, it best was, it part so of the good. entire film so good it was great it was so good i wish the the whole rest of the film was just them fucking like fucking lost in this meat processing plant or something i don't know there's so, like, that's when the film really got the suspense of, like, the buildup of what we yeah. are doing here. It's it's not necessarily about, oh, the monster came out and ripped my head off. It's about at any moment the monster could come out and rip my head off. Like, And it's an extended it's, scene, too. Like, it lasts a good while yeah. before they get out of it. Yeah. Fear of the unknown, I think, is way stronger than actually. That's why they never really show the monster. They try to show, like, in other, other movies, I mean. They show it as little as possible because it's, it's your imagination is way more fucking terrifying than what's actually going on on screen. So, yeah, that was really cool. I like that a lot. Um, <clears throat> Do you have a favorite scene? One of the, uh, I mean, I like that. I liked when... Um, I liked at the end where when Kyle goes evil. Oh, yeah. And he's, like, cool. stumbling around. He's fucking nuts. That was really He's good like, I'm going to eat your lips off. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That was really fun. Uh, I also, I, I kind of liked it when they were like decompressing and they they were in the trailer too, mm. like before he gets attacked. Yeah, and they're just like, "What the fuck are we gonna do? <laughs> we don't, I don't know, but we have to like calm down. We have to think about what's going on." That was cool too, because um, like I did not think she was gonna get out of that that initial like bar thing. 
uh, when like they're like smashing on the door trying to get at her, and she th- she thinks but everyone's she dead. She does, and she gets yeah. saved by the military, and then the military gives her the injection. Yep, yep. So then there's finally okay, because if you go look up on IMDb Cam, uh, 2021, it shows the the it shows Joe on the cover, and she has her mouth wide open. She's like. Bah! It's like way wider than it could ever be. That's it's such a cool cover photo. It's amazing. It's really good. That's actually in the movie, but it's in the very last scene of the film. (laughs) And, and it's none of the Zombos ever do that throughout the entire film where they like unhinge their jaw. They should. So I was hoping they would, they were, we were going to have some, I don't care how, I don't care how, how silly it would have looked. How bad it looks. (laughs) If they unhinge your jaw like that, I would have been like, Hell yeah. And I was kind of disappointed that we didn't get to see more crazy zany Zambo yeah, stuff. Yeah, but, but you know? like, again, that's the fear of the unknown, you know? Yeah. And budgetary things, too. I mean, this film and the other film certainly were on uh, constrained budgets. So, shoestring, yeah. we call them in the biz. Yeah. Um, but overall, you know, it was pretty good. It was pretty good. I agree. Dan, you do plugs now. Okay. Guys, you can find us on Twitter at Pod. You can find us on Instagram at Pod. You can email us at TheIndieFilmReview at gmail.com. We have a Patreon, patreon.com slash IndieFilmReview. We got a $1, $3, $5 tier. If you want to support, that's great. Um, if you're a filmmaker, you submit a film to us, you give us a $5 donation and then cut off that subscription, we will review your film faster than normal. It takes about six months to get through our list um, because mm-hmm. so many of you are wonderful and you keep sending us these great films. So please keep that up. But the list is going to keep growing and the price might increase eventually. But for now, get it while it's hot and cheap. That's right. Inflation, you know, we yeah. got to raise these prices to a uh, hundred bucks. <laughs> we also have a PayPal, paypal.me slash indie film review. Five dollar donation. Yeah. Hell Yeah. Uh, go check out the necropodicon.com. If you go there, you can see like little bios of us and shit. But the main thing, main reason you want to go there is to go check out the discord and come hang out with us. It also has a good list of like all the other cool podcasts on our network. So necropodicon.com, go check it out. If you want, uh, go leave us a five-star review on iTunes or wherever the fuck you listen to this garbage. Uh, I really appreciate it. Tell other people I appreciate that too. I just, I'm appreciating all over the fucking place. And uh, thanks again. Dan, you have the final word. I used to be a medical worker that survived a zombie apocalypse. Now, I rub myself against old ladies and get an electrical charge. (laughs) What? Hey, it's your best friend Danny here. If you enjoy art, literature, or the creative process, you may enjoy the comedy podcast Grow Out of It. You may even learn something about your long-lost childhood self. Or you might just get something like this. Mason and I hadn't really talked much. Besides our first encounter and the occasional HELP ME STAND UP! We hadn't had a need to really (laughs) sit down. (laughs) Necropodicon. Hard to pronounce? Easy to listen.